Hello, and welcome to Witchy Woman Podcast. I am your host, Danae Sweet, and this is the first episode of 2023. Mercury retrograde is in full effect for me. I <laughs> I had some issues with the audio of this recording, uh, but I did my best to edit with the skills that I have, which are very minimal. <laughs> so it is what it is, and we're just going to roll with it because what choice do we have? So we're starting out 2023 um, with me being interviewed on my own podcast. <laughs> um, uh, Calum had the idea to interview me and ask questions that he thought um, you guys might want to know about me. And he even learned some things about me and he's known me for years. <laughs> so um, it was such a fun um, chat. It always is um, with him. So I hope you guys enjoy this with guest host Calum Turner. And you can find him at fortunebycalum.com. You can find him on Instagram as well as Facebook under the same handle or just go to his website. But he is an amazing tarot reader, intuitive, um, an amazing palmist. Uh, so check his website out, fortunebycalum.com. I also want to say thank you to everybody who is still listening to me, even after I had my long hiatus. And I just, God, I appreciate you so, so, so much. I appreciate any new listeners as well. And um, just happy new year. Happy 2023. This is our fifth year. Like we're entering the fifth year of this podcast. We are have been doing this for four full years, which just feels it doesn't feel real. It feels a lot shorter than that, but a lot has happened <laughs> in my life and in the world, so it makes things go fast. So anyway, um, thank you for joining me in the beginning of year five of Witchy Woman Podcast. I think the most important question to start with is, just quickly, not a long-winded answer, how are you? How are you doing? So much better. So much better. Yes. I gave myself the time to actually get better, so... I am better. Good. Tides are changing. And yes. uh, I mean, I, I think it's crazy that it's been five years now for the podcast. I, I didn't know what a podcast was five years ago. I was quite late to the game. It's all right. <laughs> Before we get into you, I mean, why why did you start the podcast? What was your kind of goal with it? Did you just want to, was it just a way of kind of meeting people having interesting conversations or did you have like a real agenda for it? So at the time I had my shop, my physical shop. And I noticed that a lot of people were very ignorant. Like they would come in and they'd be like, what the hell is this? And they were like, ooh, you're evil. And I realized that <laughs> once they got in and they understood, like they asked questions, then they were cool with it. And I also, like th that was part of it. So I wanted to educate them, you know, people who wanted to learn. I was like, you know what? Let's destigmatize some of this stuff. But also... Um, people that came into the shop that had no place before recognized that there are weirdos out there like them. <laughs> and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, they felt like they belonged somewhere. So I started the podcast while I was working in my shop as a means to give somebody a feeling of not being alone because I feel that's the way I felt. So I didn't want anybody else to feel that way. So that's kind of why I started it. So kind of like, if you can't find your tribe, just start your own. Yeah, yes, absolutely. 
that's fine. You can sort of help the community, educate, yes. you know, local community, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I imagine that was really different. I mean, maybe there's sort of like similar themes there in childhood. Um, you know, does does do you live up to the name? Were you like a sweet kid or were you like a spooky child? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what were you starting out? In oh, man, I was weird. Um, so I grew up. <laughs> I grew up on a ranch as an as the oldest child. Um, that explains a lot. I have to be, you know, in control of everything. Um, so I was the oldest child, and I was always weird. I saw little dots from very early age and I called them my friends and I would tell my parents about them and they thought I was like oh they're imaginary friends and I would play with them outside and inside and it got to a point where my parents were discouraging it so then I played with my dots in the closet at night with the lights off so um yeah so I was a weird kid you know now looking back now I'm I'm sure those were you know my spirits that were with me, that were watching over me, and I was playing with them. Um, and that happened until I was way too old to be, like, you know, playing with an imaginary, quote-unquote, imaginary friend. Um, I loved horses. I was a crazy horse girl. I still am. So, you are. You are. You really yes, are. I am. I was the girl out on the playground that would, like, gallop around instead of playing, like, hide-and-seek. I was, like, the crazy girl whinnying and hoping someone else would join me. <laughs> yeah. That was weird. Did you have many? Um, again, like, I always think it's interesting to, like, see, uh, especially witches, like, in adult compared to childhood. I mean, often it is, you know, we are the offbeat ones, the yeah. weirdos. Did you have, like, a circle of friends, or was it just maybe, you know, I had one friend or a total kind of lone wolf? What was it for you? So, um, so I was very reserved as a young child. Like, like, I was odd, but very, very introverted. My parents did not get me out and about much because we lived in a very remote area. So I didn't get to play with other kids very much, my cousins, like, at family gatherings. So when I finally got into, like, social situations, I was, like, um, scared. Um, so early childhood, I really didn't have a lot of friends. I had, like, my best friend was my cousin <laughs> growing up. Um, and then, like, when I got into, like, um, junior high and high school is when I really became outgoing. Like, I'm still an, it's hard to explain to people, like, I'm an actual introvert, but I did all these things. I was, I was strange. So I was, like, the band nerd. I loved instruments. I was in the choir, and I loved speech and debate and that sort of thing. But I was also a cheerleader, and I played sports, and, you know, my boyfriend was the quarterback, you know, that kind of thing. So I was very, and it, and a part of that is being in a small town, like, you can't help but kind of be in everything because that's what's expected of you. But I really enjoyed doing all the things. <laughs> I didn't know that you were um, musical in your younger years or, or even yes. something. I didn't know about you, and I've known you for years. Right. Um, I actually went to, um, when I got out of high school, um, my uh, major in college was um, music. I went to music performance. I was at a full scholarship. Wow. So that's what I'm a, yeah, nerd nerd, like way music nerd. Um yeah, and then college hit. <laughs> band camp, but also, like, yeah. does everything and was dating, what did you say, like, the quarterback or something? Yes, that was my, my high school sweetheart was the quarterback. 
Well, yes. An unusual romance, but we love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We even went to college together. I mean, of course, that did not work out, but, you know, we tried. <laughs> Do you think you, like, more came into your own being, like, as a character, especially, um, spiritually i mean do you think was there any of that kind of resonating and i feel like as teenagers you know even yeah. teenage witches it's like we've got too much going on to be a teenager to be anything yeah. else um, yeah. but what was the sort of like outside school dynamic for you did you have any sort of um spiritual practice when you were younger or kind of life outside of school yes so as far as like my witchy slash spiritual stuff i grew up in a baptist household and i don't know if you know it yeah so doom and gloom and you know protestant you know shame is what i grew up with and um i really didn't resonate with any of that and i finally rebelled and wore some crazy things to church one day and then my parents were like okay we're not gonna make her do that again um so then i never had to go to church again <laughs> um when when uh, i was about 13 when i did that this is gonna age me incredibly but um the show blossom and this might have been earlier than 13 um blossom was out um my the the girl who plays um amy farrow fowler on um the big bang theory that was my childhood like i loved her because she was a big rebel she played um in this show called blossom and she dressed funky and had like fun hats kind of like a toned down stevie nicks and i wore an outfit inspired by her to church with my hat and the whole big thing and that's what got me like no more church so, i love that though yeah i was like fine you're gonna make me go to church i am going to cause a scene so um expression through fashion mm -hmm, but as far as my spiritual practice i did so i realized it that around that age of around like 14 to 16 like, I loved the idea of witchcraft and the dark arts and, you know, the mysterious of it all because I wanted to rebel. Duh. Um, so I started um, finding books on so, this is such a nerd band trips. So our band teacher would take us always to a bookstore when I went on band trips. And so I would go buy, you know, any kind of occult book I could get my hands on and like hide it and then hide it when I went home so I'd be able to read those things you know of course it was like Gardner in the beginning um yeah. I, you know that card and I wrote uh what is it silver raven silver wolf or whatever her name was remember that so I, yeah. I wrote I read her and I would do those things but the thing that I remember the most is that I would like have this prayer that I said to to me, it was to, um, like, my, the, the great mother and the great father, because that's what I was, Wicca is the only thing I get my hands on, that's really all that was in the bookstores in the, like, sure. early 90s. Um, so that's what I was praying to, and I would ask them to tell my boyfriend, because he drove a very long ways to school, to remind him to drive safe and buckle up every day every day and one day he was we were just chatting and he was like you know what's really weird and um and because he had he had, the one day he got kind of have like a a little almost rack but he didn't and he was like you know what's weird is that you know most mornings i had there's like a voice inside my head that's insistent that i buckle up every freaking morning because he hated buckling up he's like it's a big argument with us 
And I was like, wait, what? And to me, that was like proof that my wishes, you know, were earnest enough to be answered. Um, And that, that changed a lot. And then there was a completely selfish thing that I did I wished one night because I didn't have boobs I was very boobless as a a teen and one day I got mad because all my cousins and all my friends had boobs and I did not and I was so mad I went outside during a storm and I'm like I just want boobs give me boobs (laughs) and you know and then you know puberty hit and but in my head I'm like oh I'm the greatest witch of all like I was like a 13 year old like ooh. Um, but it was mostly just playing with Wicca as an early child. Yeah, well, Wicca, I mean, um, I, I don't think either of us are remotely Wiccan uh-uh. or part of the tradition, but it is often such like a big starting it place is. for people. You know, it, it really did have a big rise, um, especially, you know, with books and stuff. Um, great sort of starting place for, for people to get that, it was. get that magic moving, apparently, and it kind of leads into your psychic stuff a little bit I yes. mean, in situations like that i'm wondering like with your your boyfriend and the the seatbelt kind of thing i'm mm-hmm. thinking like is that magic manifest mm-hmm. is that sort of telepathy yeah you know your mediumship spirit guides coming in yes. probably all of it it know? could have been yeah a mixture mm-hmm. yeah. when did you um because i think these days you do offer more sort of card readings and palm readings which is great but mm-hmm. a lot of it comes from spirit for you would you say yes. that you're a medium or spiritualist how do you even describe that sort of experience um so if i had to put a label on myself i usually say i'm an intuitive medium i hate mm-hmm. the word psychic because it has a lot of different negative connotations in society yeah. so i try not to use yeah. the word psychic as much when i do like advertising and on my page i like to use intuitive medium because i do i can talk directly to spirits or i can use you know guides to be my intermediaries which when i do um someone else if i'm talking to someone else's spirits i don't want i want to be safe so i use my team and they're kind of my interpreters and they work as my bouncers you know, in the yeah, simplest that, terms. That word just came to mind. I've worked yeah. with a medium before, and she she referred to them as dancers as well, yeah. which is just really cool. Yeah. Did that sort of start to become more apparent in your life in teenage years or college, or would you say it was much later? Weirdly enough, like it started with animals. Um, I oh. yeah, I would know. Yeah, I, like, and it's this is super morbid. One time, like my sister and I, we were really little. I was probably. I don't know probably 10 or 12 around that age and we had kittens and they were you know they got fleas or something and my dad put something on them to kill the fleas and he didn't know it was bad for them and they were in the garage because they wouldn't wouldn't let them come inside because you know fleas um and my sister wanted to go see the animals uh the the kittens and she was rushing towards the basement door and I grabbed her you know, and I was like, don't go in there because for some reason I, I saw, I saw them dead. I knew that they were dead. Um, so I stopped her and I went and got my parents and, you know, they took care of it. And then my horse had passed away one time when I was in high school and I like was sitting in class and I'm like, I had a very bad stomach ache first. I'm like, why do I have a stomach ache? I'm like, this is killing me. And I started thinking about my horse and I just kept getting images of her. And when I got home, my parents were like, your 
you're basically she died of a really bad stomach ache um so it's things like that started first with like that psychic connection to the dead or dead animals i think i have a psychic connection to them before they die my little dog is thinks do you hear that he, he is a menace so come here lulu so spirit activity is super super high in my house because we're moving and this little dog every time something my spirits are around especially when i do this sort of thing they're all around me and he barks so that's just gonna happen yeah he's like mom 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 so yeah so it started with animals and then it went more to people as i got older i don't think i was ready or focused enough for people um until i got probably in my 20s come here buddy so in that sort of transition from high school to to college because yeah. uh, you, you didn't do college yeah. what was your i, I don't want to say what was your sort of life expectations but how were you kind of leading your life in that way? What were you sort of working towards? Did you, was there a big sort of career plan coming in there? Um, I imagine it worked out differently to how you used it. Oh, man. <laughs> so when I went to college, I wanted to become, one, um, I wanted to perform, but then I wanted to become a, um, a music and art therapist. So mm. psychology. So I wanted to work with little kids and I wanted to use music and art because I'm also an art nerd. So I wanted to do both. I wanted to kind of use that to help kids express themselves. And that lasted a whole semester because I learned how to do a keg stand. Um, and honestly, I started really, once I started thinking, you know, taking the psychology classes that were involved um in my curriculum that's what i really clung on to is the sociology and the psychology classes i was like and when you're if anybody listening if you you know if you're in a music major your entire day is filled with music classes whether it's music comp or performance and then you have small groups that you have to have um to belong to after hours so i was doing like that's my entire life was just music performance and I couldn't do it. I was like, I am, you know, I went to, I was 18 years old and just could not. I was like, no, it was a lot. Yeah. yeah. So I switched majors to psychology and that's what that's I wanted great. to be. Yeah. It's a very interesting switch. I feel like not just because, you know, you're, you do readings and, you know, witchy women and all that, but I mean, you are Scorpio rising. Like you should always lean towards the, yep. <laughs> the psychology. Yep. Um, I love that we're kind of going in a Newman, Newman and Scorpio right now. It's your time. Your yes. time arrives. Yes. Yes. It feels good yeah. right now. Yeah. So what happened with that? I mean, how did, <laughs> um, how did studying psychology in college turn into being witchy woman? So a lot. I mean, I, I really enjoyed that stuff. And I had transferred schools because I followed my boyfriend to college <laughs> And we both made a very, for our age, I think it was a mature decision. At 18, we decided, we had dated since we were sophomores in high school. And we decided that we needed to experience life without each other and see how that went. To see if we were, you know, really meant to be. And of course, we, I moved schools and it was not meant to be. <laughs> um, and... 
at that school, I just could not focus either. And I ended up moving home and going into the Navy. I know that's like not a very, that's like a total detour. And honestly, the Navy. Yeah, that's a big turn. Yeah. I, um, I drank a whole lot and was very wild in college because in my younger years, my parents were very, very strict with me. Um, they were wild as hell. Like they were sixties and seventies children. So they like, you know, were wild hippies. So when I came along, they're like, we're going to shelter her. So when I got free, like free time and freedom, I went, I'm like, I'm going to experience everything. And like the true Gemini in me, like blossomed. <laughs> she experienced anything she possibly could. Um, yeah. So I joined the Navy because I wanted to get away again and experience life. Um, my spiritual decisions were being, um, definitely, you know, pushed down by my parents. Um, they knew what I was into. And it's one of those things, if you grew up in a super conservative household, um, it's like they don't want to admit it out loud. They're not going to tell you, we disapprove of you um, diving into the occult. They would say things like, would you like to go to church today? We see the books you read. Um, it's very like, you know, behind behind the back. Anyway, so I just got tired of it and I wanted to explore the world. I wanted to see other people and know what spirituality was like in other places. I mean, there were other reasons why I joined the military and it was a very rash decision. I had gotten just tired of all the bullshit and I opened the phone book at the time because that's what we had were phone books. <laughs> I opened the phone book. Yeah. And I found the Navy recruiter. I called them up. Um, I signed some papers and 10 days later I was in boot camp. So wow yes crazy yes so it's it's a long journey till i come back to my um spirituality side i was very mad during that period that every time i would it seems like every time i would try a new venture nothing would work out so at that period in my time i was pissed i was so mad at the world um i had a lot of issues with my parents a lot of issues with ex-boyfriends and things like that and I was just pissed off that I could devote time and energy into a spiritual practice and still get shit on and that's a very immature way to think about life but I was you know at the time like 20 21 so um I was mad so I pretty much was like I don't want to do spirituality at this point I just want to go, you know, travel the world, experience other things. Maybe I'll find my spirituality doing that or find myself. I just didn't know who I was. So that was my solution. Screw it. I don't know what to do. Let's start over. <laughs> yeah, I suppose in a way it was like, oh, I've been going inward for a while to really explore, you know, my own spirit. Yeah. It didn't, didn't really work out the way I wanted it. So now I'm just going to go outwards and really yes. kind of... Take it to the extreme. I mean, do you think in a way it was sort of good for you? I, 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 don't, I had an uncle who was in the Navy, but he never talks about it. Like, it must have been amazing. I mean, was there anywhere that you went or anything that happened during that time that really, you know, you think, well, that was profound. You know, that was an experience that I would really take away from it. I mean, the my, my military experience probably didn't have a whole lot to do with my spiritual stuff, but it put me in a place in my life and surrounded me be 
with the people and the person that changed the entire direction of my life. Um, while I was stationed in San Diego, um, I liked it there so much because, you know, it's the perfect temperature. I mean, who doesn't like San Diego? <laughs> um, so it's beautiful. Um, so I ended up, after the Navy, accepting a job um, working as a civilian contractor. And so I had a very cushy life because money is good in that sector. And so I had horses and it's expensive to have horses out there. So I had horses and I had a lot of horse friends and I met one person in particular. Um, and I taught, I've talked about her before. Um, her name was Amber and she was, uh, pretty, I think she was just a year, maybe younger than me. Um, and this is like in my, so we were like 26, 28 at the time around now. So I'm out of the Navy, but I'm still doing the things that I did in the Navy, but I'm just doing it as a civilian. Um, and I met this woman and we just had the greatest time. We had the greatest, tightest circle of friends. And then I'm still, mind you, not really doing spirituality at this point. I'm still like, screw the afterlife. There's nothing. You know, I'm probably the closest to an atheist I could possibly have been. Um, she ended up getting breast cancer, and then it spread everywhere. And we put her, she had to go into hospice. And one day I was driving to work, um, and I just, I literally was about to take my exit, and I just thought, nope, nope, I gotta go visit Amber. So I went to the hospice, and it's weird because all of us were there, our entire friend group was there at the hospice in her room and I'm like this is weird they're like yeah we just had a we just wanted to visit her this morning I'm like cool so I'm sitting there and we're all just reminiscing she was um couldn't communicate at that point she was on morphine and just in a lot of pain so we were there doing her nails and kind of just being with her and we were reminiscing and I was holding her hand and she passed away while I was holding her hand and it was a profound, like that moment was probably the most profound moment for my spirituality because in that moment, me being pissed and almost an atheist, like there's nothing afterwards, I, my brain knew that her heart stopped. I could hear the monitor going, you know, just, you know, lining out, going beep, there was nothing. And I knew she was still there. Like, I had this overwhelming just knowing that she was sitting on the side of the bed, like, looking at all of us, pleading for us not to be sad. And I'm like, this cannot, I cannot not believe in the afterlife and know this is happening. I had, like, the biggest cognitive dissonance moment ever at that moment. I was like, these two things cannot exist at the same time. I cannot not believe things and know that she's sitting here still. Um, and that changed everything. Um, she haunted my ass. <laughs> she's She stayed with me. She visited all of us. We all had visita- visitations, like clear visitations from her for quite a while. Um, and she still will pop up in readings for me when I have somebody else do a reading. Um, she changed everything. I became, I knew that there was an afterlife. It's just like everything went like click back into place. Like I knew that she was there. I knew that I could speak to her. I knew that if I wanted to, I could speak to my deceased grandfather. It just all lined up like a Rubik's cube, like that last little in the room. It was, that was my moment. 
And if I hadn't have gotten pissed off at the world and joined the Navy and spent a whole, you know, my tour there, I would have never met, met her, which was one of the best blessings of my life. I would have never had my spiritual moment and I wouldn't have ever been who I am now. I, I, I know I wouldn't have been. Yeah, it's, it's a big sort of full circle moment. And for such like a sad, what would be perceived. It was, yes. It is a sad moment in a way. But yes. to have such a, a, almost like it's lifting the curtain up rather than Ooh. curtain call. Yes. Which is as how a lot of people would think of it. It's yes. almost like the reverse. It was. You, um, to go on, you know, almost as like a different person, but, you know, with her by your side. Yes. It's really cool. Yeah. It was that. just like mind blowing moment for me like every time i think about it it gives me like goosebumps <laughs> <laughs> just living with it every day yeah so after uh, i guess that was kind of like what i said before it's kind of like the curtain going up yeah. on you as full-blown uh, I, I don't want to use the word witchy woman all the time but it is a good descriptor for you <laughs> it is yeah it is so that would have been how old are you now this is I'm 43 that was I was like 28 at the time yeah. that happened 28 29 I think it might have been 29 because she was a year younger than me yeah so big gap between uh then and now mm-hmm. what's happened I mean so yeah so everything it's just my my whole life changed so in that moment I knew that what I was doing for the government wasn't what I wanted to do I didn't like what I did and um you know I was good at what I did and I enjoyed the puzzles and I enjoyed using my brain like that part of uh, my job was fascinating to me um but I felt like it wasn't I wasn't right so I I quit I quit within like two weeks. I was done. I didn't want to do it anymore. It made me feel physically ill to think about going to work. I'm like, there's something else for me. So I quit. And then I found a job as in my my town that I lived in at a drug rehab facility. It was, yes, as a house manager. So I was there to um, round them up and we did um, like group therapy like I didn't do it but I would you know supervise and get everybody together I would drive them all to AA um we would go on nature hikes um I helped do activities and you know it was just a a very fulfilling job I got paid shit (laughs) but yeah but (laughs) but I was like okay so for me this is, I'm like, that was a big um, aha moment. I'm like, this is crap. And I, <laughs> you know, I'm not getting paid anything, but this is so much more fulfilling. Like I can wake up and, and want to go to work and want to connect. And that's the thing. I wasn't connecting with anybody at work other than for work. And at this job, I was connecting to people on, you know, a deeper level. And it was a facility where they encouraged all spiritualities and one one of the counselors there just happened to be a pagan. Oh, cool! And they encourage, you know, they encourage different different perspectives on spirituality. So her and I talked quite a bit, and she kind of 
helped me get reinvested in my witchy part of my life. Not just the mediumship part or the spiritual part, but the mediumship or the, the witchy part, the thing that I started out with in the beginning. So I started to do that a little bit more. And then um, I was in a very abusive relationship. Very. And um, this is not the right thing to do, kids. But I decided that I wanted to move home back here to Nebraska because um, my dad needed help on the ranch. And I wanted to have Maddie grow up in a smaller area. We'd had like a murder and uh, kidnappings and all kinds of things in our neighborhood. And I was like, we're done. I don't want to be here anymore. Um, and we had gotten like, if anybody's from Southern California, you know, the fires are bullshit and it's scary. And we had led two of them where I had to evacuate um, all of our, hor- it, it's awful. So I was like, I'm done. So I intended for him to stay and me to move. And that didn't happen. Um, I was too afraid to tell him no. So in 2010, we moved here with him. And eventually, I got here and I healed and I started really diving into witchcraft and studying and perfecting things. I mean, I had been doing this on and off since I was like 13, but I really dove in hard and I think I just got my power back and I sent his ass packing back home. Um, um, and I think that's like moving home. Like I miss the city. Oh, I miss the city so much sometimes. <laughs> but moving home really healed me and it got it gave me the strength. I couldn't have let I couldn't have kicked his ass to the curb if I didn't have someone, you know, my family, somebody to to let to lean on. And my, I had my dad here to help me get rid of this guy. <laughs> so yeah. that helped. So who is next? When did you meet uh, Brad. husband? husband? <laughs> so I met Brad. So the, man, I'm, we're a cliche. So when I moved here, not too long after I moved here. So my dad is a musician. Um, oh, it, runs in the family. it does. Nice. It does. My, my grandma taught him how to play the guitar. And then so mm-hmm. it's a big, yeah. We're a, we're a musical family. So he's a musician and uh, a local band was looking for uh, another singer. Um, and they contacted him. And so I went with him to pra- their practice thing. And dad was like, dad's very much a, I, he, he has, he is the show. And he wasn't really, you know, vibing with the whole, like, having a whole band and having to share vocals and things like that. (laughs) Yeah. Love my dad, but yeah. So, um, they asked me if I wanted to sing a couple songs, and from then on, I just joined their band, um, as a vocalist, and my husband is the bassist. So, um, we were friends for two years while we were in the band and then started dating. And then we've been together for nine and a half years. Oh, coming up on the big one. Yep. Yep. I what they call like a, a 10 year anniversary. You know how they have like a. Oh, yeah. A metal. Is it Ruby? It might be. I'm really, I'm really off for those, but you'll have to figure out. I am that. terrible about that stuff. Like, Brad and I are very casual about those things. We're like, hey, it's our anniversary. And we're like, high five. And, you know, maybe go out to dinner later. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, 
Um, we're pretty casual about that kind of stuff. I mean, even our wedding was in my grandma's backyard because I like the roses and the lilacs. That's super sweet, though. <laughs> I loved it. It was perfect. Yeah, I think that's really romantic. Yeah, it was. It was beautiful. Like having it in a church or something. Oh yeah, we knew. Backyard with the with the flowers. <laughs> yeah, we had a backyard and the flowers. My grandma. We had a woman. Um, do a hand fasting that I wrote for the whole I wrote the ceremony and she did it it was a hand fasting so it was a pure pagan ceremony um complete with like everybody got um <laughs> we had like a an herbal bundle to bless all of us and my grandma the best picture of our entire wedding is this woman she's in I mean imagine this woman in a beautiful like flowy like moo moo gown thing and her hair is wild and gray and everywhere and then there's my grandma my church going um very conservative grandma i wanted her to be my maid of honor so because she's like my mom she raised me so she's there and the picture is the my grandma like looking up and sniffing while this crazy woman crazy looking woman is like pushing the smoke from the um the bundle onto my grandma and my grandma's just like breathing it in and loving every minute of it it was it was beautiful yeah yeah it was pretty awesome on up to now i mean another aspect of you just another aspect is there's so many so multifaceted i guess another face of the gemini part of you is writing because you've written books i mean are you still writing what have you been writing what's so i'm still writing i also have like fear of other people reading my writing so no one gets to read it but i have so i have uh two books um, one of them is, um, about my experience at my ranch, my family ranch, and the, that's like a whole other thing. It's, we, there's a bad thing that lives there, um, that is not human. It's, I know it sounds really out of, like, crazy, out of, like, a storybook, but I'm actually writing what happened to us. That's why we moved away from that house. That's why we, I'm in this house right now. Um, it like tormented me to the point where I would wake up underneath my bed. Like I would be crawling. I would have like my hands in the carpet, like digging into the carpet, trying to like crawl away from in my, I remember waking up just screaming because the thing would have a hold of my legs and I would be crawling. Demonic movie shit. It was. Sure. And we lived through that and it was horrible. So I'm writing about that whole experience and, uh, what that was like. And then I also have a book that I started before that. So I've been going around to different religious people, leaders, um, clergymen, Buddhist monks, and I ask them a series of questions that are um, like the same questions. And I want them to answer to see what what the different what the differences are in different faiths, um, because my premise. I believe, this is just my take on spirituality. Um, I think that spirituality and God or whatever the heck you want to call it, I think that when a Buddhist is praying or when a Christian is praying or when I am honoring one of my deities, yes, I'm honoring something very specific, 
but it's the same it's a facet in a large like think of a big old diamond and all the facets are like all of the different deities and entities and the things that humans have decided to name a deity or to 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 um to honor so in the scheme of things if you take all the labels and all of the things out like are we praying to the same thing are we trying yes are we praying to one drop in a jar a giant ocean and that drop is the ocean you know what i mean yeah it's the same idea um you know if you're kind of like a new ager out there if you appreciate the perspective of um source or yes. oneness yeah. or the universe uni being sort of one <laughs> um yeah. you know just different reflections of it yeah. um you know i think even a lot of uh, more like in the witch communities uh, and pagan communities people are more leaning towards that i think yeah. it very much um it's more like in the uh the more common abrahamic religions yes. you know you could say like christianity is vodka um <laughs> maybe islam is i don't know rum yeah. whiskey. Yeah. um but spirituality is more like a cocktail of yes you know all, all of the it. different drinks but at the end of the day they're all water-based yes <laughs> exactly <laughs> yes no that's exactly yeah i think that entities deities they're very much a real thing and you know but it's one part of a whole and and it's just interesting to see the different takes on um spirituality from different different clergymen and different holy people um so that's what i've been doing that is cool i can't actually i mean i'm sure there's studies and stuff there are I can't really think of any books that i've read out there that just sort of come at it from like a comparative study mm -hmm. um you know and see where they link up see where they don't and, and yeah. what that kind of means so that's cool yeah so what's next what are you gonna do next <sighs> yeah uh so my goal is to finish it, i want to finish the book um the about the house and yeah. our experiences there so that one is so close to being finished um i have like the fear of finishing it because then i you know that whole the whole writer's like conundrum because then somebody has to read it and i am terrified of that um so that's my i want to finish that by the first quarter next year i'm not going to start on that until this year is over because there's just so much going on until the year is over um so that i want done um we are changing things in the coven a little bit to be a little more interactive and so i don't have to miss out on my actual life because during my time of being away from the podcast that's what i learned i have dedicated most of my most of the last you know majority of the last four or five years to this to this podcast and to the coven and i love serving others but i forgot that i have to have a life too yeah um so um we're gonna have more activities in the coven it's just not gonna always be by me run by me i will still be active in the coven i'll still be doing some things but i have delegated um the people that are i trust that are knowledgeable and um willing to help out and i am so appreciative for them that way i can i can do the part that i really like that i want to connect with more people i want to do this podcast more and i want to be able to do the readings and do all these things um and not have to have my schedule so full that i have nothing left for me and then i'm just setting myself up for burnout again so i like my life i have a muggle life too 
like I I have horses and ponies and I want a hairy cow so bad. I'm trying to get Brad talked into it. I want a hairy. That's not love of life. That's probably the most magical part. It's oh, so cool. Right. It's that I, like I know like every time I speak to you, you're just with the animals, whether it's the horses, yeah. the dogs, always tending to yes. others' needs, whether they're animal or human yes. or my plants. Dead. <laughs> or my plants like I love oh, yes. yeah, can't forget about the greenery I love growing plants and having my house full of those that's like very rewarding and so I'll be able to do a little bit more of that like before um I got super burnt out I was cross-pollinating things and making like doing mad scientist things and I wanted to go back to doing that <laughs> so I'm I'm excited I forgot you've even got like a little poison garden I remember I sure you. do you're growing some belladonna on the very nice. I do. I do. I remind my husband often that I have many substances in my house that don't come up in a regular toxicology report. So Behave, Brad. Behave. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks for giving us a little timeline mm-hmm. of your experience. Yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to chat about? What's been what's on your mind? Not much. I'm I'm I want to remind everybody, get off social media every once in a while. Like, I have to do that myself. I have to put down my phone and then leave the house. Because if I take it with me and say I'm going to stay off of it, I won't. (laughs) Because I want to be on it and I want to know what's happening with the world. So, get off social media. Um, Go do something that's not related to what's going on in the world. Like, go sit with your plants or if you have an animal or anything. Go read a book that's not... that's not witchcraft related. If you're a witch like me, I have a two read pile that is like almost as tall as me. So, but none of those are fiction. None of them are fun. None of them like let my imagination go. And that's one thing I learned during this hiatus is that I need stimulation outside of facts and outside of my studies. Like have some fun because shit is going to get very serious for us here in the next two years and um we don't we don't want to burn out we don't want to lose our magic and i think that's what happened for me is i lost my magic because i was so scared of what was happening in the world because i was looking at it every day and i don't want to like say don't be aware of what's going on because i think you should be but you can't doom scroll all day it's overwhelming that's some real advice like especially for like people do lose their magic and yes. people are so it's happened to me before like i've lost the ability to read as well um you know and when it's your job it's really stressful but yes. don't forget to enjoy life like go hug a tree get a massage yes get home, put it down like it, mm-hmm. it needs to happen yes um as sort of maintenance it know, is as a person yes yeah we covered some good friends well Thanks for enlightening us yes. on a day in your life, or not a day, many days in many your days. life. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, thank you for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. I think that, I think that sometimes I am. I think of myself as only a witch, and what I've realized is I am a lot more. I am more oh than a God. witch. You're apparently a lot of fucking things. I didn't even know you were some of that stuff. <laughs> but i want other people to think they are too like you're not just a witch you're not just a mom you're not just you know a worker you're everything you're so much more you're whoever the hell you want to be 
I'd like to say thank you again to Caitlin Turner um, for being an amazing guest host and an amazing friend. Um, check him out again at uh, fortunebycalum.com. You can find him on Instagram and on Facebook at fortunebycalum. Um, so check his sites out. Give him some love. Uh, book a reading. Um, palmistry. He does natal charts as well as tarot. Um, and I have partaken in his services that he offers. And I am always amazed each time I get a reading. So um, highly recommend. Um, yeah, that's all I got until next time. So look out for this podcast and all of the new things that we are going to be having rolled out in the next month or so. So um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so until next time, stay witchy. Bye-bye.